0: Welcome, my name is Brad Jackson, one of the pastors here, and it is good to be together. We have a different morning plan, so let me sort of set it up a little bit, and then we'll get going. But normally, the message is a little later in the service. Uh, this morning, we're going to do what we're calling the state of church, um, state of the church, and I'll explain that in a second and how much I absolutely hate that title. If anybody has a better title for this morning, you can keep the offering. Just let me know at the end of the service. Um Sounds so political, I just, it it rubs, I couldn't think of anything better, but um, a couple of things is, uh, if you have kids, they're going to be, we're going to let them out as we normally do, it's just going to be a little, a couple minutes later on, so keep them with you, and um, we are in between series, so I thought it would be a great thing this morning for us to be reminded of who we are, why we exist, and I think... As a local church, we need that reminder often. We, we can get caught up doing so many different things, and we need the reminder of, why do we exist? What are we all about? The last few weeks, I've been asking different groups of people, uh, why does the church exist? I asked our staff and different leaders, different people I've connected with, and have said, why, why does the church exist? And then why does, why does Crossview Covenant Church, this local expression of the bigger church, why do we exist? And some of the answers are, are true and interesting at the same time. We're, we're a community. This is a community of people who gather together, we worship. Church can often be people associated with a building. Um, One of the the things I heard time and time again was we're a family. This church is a family of people who are gathering together. Uh, My wife and I, when we're talking to people who don't go to Crossview, we'll often say, you know, what what do you think about Crossview or it'll it'll come up? And generally it's one of two things. One is you're the big building up there in, in North Mankato, or the other one, which is really interesting that people associate with this church is five C's. Maybe they had a kid or some connection go through five C's. So their mind associates church with this preschool, its ministries, its building, it's it's also us as a unique community that we're part of this evangelical covenant denomination and all of the beauty and and sometimes though the weird like what's covenant will be one of the things I often hear people say. But what's the church? And all of those are true, and probably more and more we could list are true, but what is a local church? I want to I say two things that I think are the most important things we'll talk about this morning, because we're going to talk about not only who we are, but we're going to talk about some of the things that we're struggling with. We're going to talk a little bit about where we're going. Monday, our church chair, is going to come up and talk with me. But the most important thing is why we exist. There's nothing more important. And I think there's two things that we need to be reminded of. One one is this, that Jesus died for the church, sustains the church, and is the ultimate leader of the church. Period. Jesus died for the church. Jesus is the leader. I'm not the leader of the church. Our church council is not the leader. You're not the, the leader of Crossview Covenant Church. The leader of the big C church is Jesus Christ. Listen to some of these passages. Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body, The church. He is the beginning of the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything, I love this line, in everything, he might have the supremacy. Not me, not you, not a band, not, not that he might have the supremacy. Ephesians 3.10, a great book to study for the, what the local church is all about. 3.10, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. 321, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. Who gets the glory when something happens at Crossview? Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.25, fabulous, fabulous text to study about marriage. And the text on marriage begins with submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then women are reminded, submit, I just told you. And then guys, it's a little longer because we don't get it quite as quickly But one of the analogies in what it looks like for men to submit to their wives is this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and what? Gave himself up for it. Jesus died for the church, sustains the church. Ephesians 5.29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. He died for, he sustains, he's the leader of our church. Jesus Christ is the ultimate leader of Crossview Covenant Church. He's our focus. At the end of the day, the best thing that we can do, the thing that we want to do, is continually with everybody that comes in here, everybody that you interact with, is point them towards Jesus Christ. And all that he is. So, died for, sustains, leads the local church. The second piece on why we exist. Because all that is true... We come to the end of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28. Jesus died and he's risen again and now here's what he says. Because I am true, Jesus is the gospel, here's what he says in Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but what? Some doubted. So this group of disciples who've been hanging with Jesus, he had just died, risen again. Some of them bowed down. Some of them are doubting still if it's true. And all of them are now invited into this. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me because all authority has been given. Here's what he said, therefore, go and make disciples. Because Jesus is the leader, sustainer, the one who died for the the church, we are now called to go and make disciples of this Jesus Christ. Not disciples of anything because a disciple means an apprentice, a lifelong learner, Someone who's being formed into something. Because of who Jesus is, because Jesus is the leader of the church, we now are reason for existence. If you hear nothing else, because there's many other, there's a lot of sort of secondary reasons for why we exist, to do justice, to be in community, to worship. All these different things are good, but the most important thing we do is point people toward Jesus Christ that they might become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then we're constantly saying, so what is a disciple? A disciple should look a lot like Jesus Christ, right? Days when I come to work and I come in the five C's building, on the doors I see the fruit of the Spirit. I'm reminded again and again, I think a disciple of Jesus Christ looks a lot like that. Someone who's practicing joy and love and kindness and patience. We exist because Jesus died for the church sustains, leads us. And the thing that we do again and again and again, in everything we do, is invite people to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the most basic thing. We're going to talk about other things this morning, but that's the most basic thing that we need to be reminded of. Let's pray. Father, As we continue on in this journey as a community, reminding ourselves of why we exist, and for those that are new new here this morning, Lord, I think this is just a great morning to be here, to find out what this church, this group of people, this family is all about, God, and we want to be all about you. We want to be all about you and to point people towards you. Give us the grace and strength, the humility and the courage to do that again and again and again and again pray this in your name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, the second piece we want to talk about this morning is, uh, and this is a little hush-hush secret, but um, we're not perfect. We have issues, and um, this is the point as I was thinking about it, that I, if you're a guest here this morning, I am so glad you're here for this. Um, truly, it, I think it's so good for churches to say, we don't have it all together. There's a lot of stuff we're working on. We want to talk just about a couple of things, but as we try to more faithfully be about what we said we're about, Jesus Christ and making disciples, we definitely have places of growth where we're sinners and saints, broken and beautiful at the same time. And what does that look like as a community and how are we leaning into that? And other than Monde Schwartz, who's our church chair, she's perfect. The rest of us have our issues, so um, Monday. should I mean talk a little bit about the the two areas that probably are big areas, are helping people belong and then church health, so talk a little bit about that first one for us.
1: Yeah, so as we've been working on and trying to improve in our um, sense of belonging and creating that sense of community for people and um, realizing that that's not only important during times of celebration, times when we have things that we want to share with people and life becomes so much more rich and deep and meaningful when we can share them with others, but also, of course, during times of struggle or stress or challenge. Um, And it's those times that having uh, a community to bring around us is really important. And so we are really working to help to create that. Um, it's a little bit tricky when we have you know over a thousand people um, coming here at different times throughout the weekend to create those senses of community. So that's where small groups and things like that come in. But it's to create that sense of belonging. Um, and I've learned that I've been in education now for almost 25 years. Which doesn't seem possible, but time flies. Um, and uh, I, I've spent you know half that time sort of as a teacher in a classroom, and half that time more in the administration track of things. And Um, I've learned that in education, just like in any other career, there's great things about being in education, but there's some really challenging things about being in education. And um, at the very least, things are going to change. And change is stressful. Change is difficult. Um, And so we've really um, tried to, even within our own system, create that sense of community and belonging for our staff and for our teachers and get the sense that we're sort of in it together um, and that you're part of something bigger than just yourself. And those things are always really important things to keep in mind. And I think that translates to us here as well. Um, it's, it's to keep those things in mind, and it's to bring people alongside you in the important work that we're doing.
0: No one here struggles with change, right? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling this morning because I usually sit over here, and now I'm on the other side, so <laughs> I need some. But the, the belonging piece for us, we talk about, it's really simple, that we worship together, we get into a smaller community, and we serve. We serve in our church, in our city, in our world. And we think when we do that, we're able to walk and navigate life in more effective ways. And the, the challenge is, I was talking to Connie, who runs our five C's, and she said when they sit up, and she and Terry sit up in their little perch up in the, the uh, stadium seating, she said, often we look around, and they've been here for a long time, we'll look around and just shocked at how many people we don't know. And some of the realities at Crossview is, Mankato is a transient on some level. We've had, if you include family units, we've had almost 150 people in the last 24 months, leave Crossview because of job transfers. Um, we have new people in our community. We have people who have been here a long time. And, and our challenge, our challenge, not us, but our challenge as a community is to say, how do we consistently say, here's what life looks like together. Together, here's how we belong. So that's a big one. The, the other one, which is, you hear us talk about a lot, but we'll keep talking about probably until we breathe our last breath, is church health what does it mean to be healthy? So chat about that a little bit for us.
1: Yeah, so at a leadership level, and I think um, you can maybe feel it or see it now sort of translate down to um, everyone who's here, but um, I think three areas we've really worked to develop health. I think we've worked to um, develop a more outward focus um, to become more transparent, and then also um, to just uh, increase the trust among all of the people that we have here. And so that outward focus, I think more is, really keeping in mind and trying to become those people um, Brad talks about all the time. Um, If we weren't in the community, we want people to feel it. Uh, We want to leave that big hole, not that we ever intend to leave, um, but we want to be meeting so many acute needs um, that they're going to miss us if we weren't here. Um, And so trying to sort of do that um, in a way that that creates uh, a a purpose for us in the lives of other people. And becoming more like that early church where the early church didn't really have buildings. The early church was the people of the church um, out spreading the word of Christ among those who needed it. So those types of things are important with that more outward focus and then making sure that our decisions align with that so that we're making decisions not just to keep us comfortable in here, And that's important. I mean, there are pieces of that that bring about community and that sense of belonging. But to make our decisions, um, keeping in mind those people who are out there who, again, so desperately need us, um, who maybe will never come through our doors. So that's sort of that outward focus. Um, Transparency. Uh, It's been about a year and a half now that we have um, restructured our leadership and um, have different committee structures and things like that. Prior to that restructure, we were a little bit complicated. Um, And and it was uh, a little bit confusing at times um, because Sometimes we didn't necessarily know who was always making the decision and we didn't know what the decision always was. And um, it's really um, helpful now um, to be a little bit more streamlined and less complicated because when people come to us with issues or concerns or ideas or questions, um, we feel like we have a better idea of who to point them to and the questions that we, um, the answers to the questions and and ways to get them help. And prior to that, we weren't trying to be closed um, or opaque but it was just a result of not always knowing exactly what was going on. And I think there's more transparency now because there's just more clarity and not quite the level of complexity that we used to have. So that sort of goes with the transparency piece. And um, I think all of that has created a deeper sense of trust. Uh, We just have a deeper sense of trust among people. which doesn't necessarily mean that we don't disagree. I mean, we still Mm -hmm. have um, disagreement and healthy disagreement, and we expect that, and don't shy away from that. That's okay. Um, Trusting somebody doesn't mean you're always going to agree with them. It just means that you're always coming from that same place and um, can have a trust in the direction that we want to go. And again, that outward focus um, really creates that sense of vision for all of us that we can share.
0: So that's the, the church health thing is just we'll come back to it again and again and again because it's so, so important. Um, you've often heard me say, one of my mentors, Carl, would, would say, uh, we never focused on growth, we focused on health, because healthy things grow. And that's, that's sort of the posture we want to take, is what does it look like to be spiritually healthy and relationally healthy? To practice Ephesians 4.29, where it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which builds others up. One of those passages I quote to my kids a lot, that I need to hear, right? Like... Is what I'm saying building up the community that I call my home? John 17. Jesus is about ready to go to the cross and he says, I pray that they would be one, the disciples, just as we are one, Father and Son, so that the world would know and see. Not the same, but one. One. Because it's our witness that matters, all the way back to why we exist. So church health, belonging are two of many things that we're working on and talking about. Um, And again, not just us, us as a community. And uh, so those are the places where we are trying to work and grow and better tell the story that there is a loving God who wants to change lives. Let's pray. Father, God, as we sort of move on to the next place, Lord, um, it's important. As we give back to you, as we take this offering, God. Um, would we be reminded that it's not just about a building or supporting a budget, God. It's uh, prayerfully, through hard work, but only by grace. It's this community pointing people towards you in all that you are. So God, would you week in, week out, everything that is given, God, I pray that we would faithfully do that with what you've entrusted us with. pray this in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in these last few minutes, I want to do a couple of things. One is we want to talk a little bit about where we're going, um, some of the things that we believe through listening to our community and discerning God's call, we believe God is pointing us to. Um, after we do that, the band's going to play a song, and there will be some stories sort of up on the screen that you get to read, and they're just a sampling of many, many, many stories that are happening in the life of this community. And then after that, we will stand and sing, I think, what, what sort of has become a bit of an anthem for us, which is... Uh, this is amazing grace. So first of all, where are we going? And uh, this, I, I think, as I, as I look at the early church, you know, Corinth and Colossae and Rome and, and all these different places where the gospel is happening, these new communities were starting, it, it's interesting because when we talk about where are we are going, it's not we're better than somebody else or inferior or whatever it is. It's just we need to figure out what God has for us now. It's always about making disciples. 126 years at CrossFit, that's what it's about. But what, as we do that, what is God calling us to in the here and now? So, talk a little bit about the vision process that we've been in.
1: Yeah, so starting um, really almost a year and a half ago, uh, we started to try and um, sort of put some meat to the bones around what our vision areas are. I mean, how are we actually going to start to take some um, tangible actions? Um, to try and fulfill that greater purpose. So um, about a year and a half ago, Brad started facilitating conversations, some of them with staff, some of them with council, and and started to bring uh, different things to the light, like our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, that SWOT analysis, different questions surrounding vision. Um, We also had two different Saturday morning leadership retreats uh, where those groups came together along with some expanded leadership. Um, We had some town hall opportunities where we invited Um, the broader congregation to come and share some of their ideas um, and sort of took all of that information and compiled it together and brought it back to staff and council Um, and um, really worked on that for a long time to um, try and glean some wisdom out of that and figure out um, our four major areas that we eventually identified. And now we've got, um, within the last three months or so, we've got a vision task force um, that we have uh, working to really start to take some immediate action steps and try to figure out what it is short term we want to do and long-term then to achieve those immediate four goals
0: and, and what we found is we did all those different listening sessions there are four things that really stood out above everything else that we felt like God was pointing us towards and as we talk about those we're just going to give a little tease uh, this morning and we'll do a little bit tonight as we're in process for clarity um, but as we do that Two things have really been sticking. There, there are two statements that I can't get out of my mind as we do vision. One, one is because we're going to talk about things that are big. They, they might feel overwhelming to some. Uh, there's a pastor named Craig Rochelle, who pastors a covenant church down in Tulsa. And he said, if you're going to reach people that no one else is reaching, you've got to be willing to do things that no one else is doing. is that an interesting statement? If you're going to reach people no one else is reaching... You've got to be willing to do things that no one else is willing to do. In other words, there's people in Mankato who don't know Jesus who will never walk into this building. And so that's why we're talking about a church plant. Because they matter. They may not walk into any church building. So we need to say, what does God have for us in a second location in a church plant to reach people who will never, for whatever reason, will never walk into this building? There's another statement. Pastor from Chicago, Bill Heibel, said. And it's really more of a talk that has been rattling around in my brain. And he said for much of his career, when he talked about vision, he would talk about that thing that we're moving towards. Hey, we've got to build this building. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. Everybody get behind me. And he said what he's found later on in life is that the most important part of vision, where you need to spend the majority of your time, is talking about why the place we're currently in is so uncomfortable. So when we talk about vision, vision often comes out of places where we're struggling. So one of the things that many don't, don't see is we, we look in this room like, oh, there, there's more seats in here. We, we have enough space, right? Well, if you go out into the classroom space right now, if you come on Wednesday night, if you see five C's during their prime hours, we're out of space in this building. We need more space so that we can effectively share the good news with the coming generation. It comes out of this place of discomfort.
1: So along with those two vision areas, a church plant, and figuring out how um, to make some changes to this building so it better fits our needs, um, we have two other additional, play, uh, additional vision areas. And one of them is that missional clarity. Um, we started with this when we, we originally talked. And it was sort of more of a local service type of thing. Um, and realizing that um, there are people out in our community who need us desperately. Um, I think that uh, all of us as we go about our lives don't always look for those people, and uh, I would challenge you this week to look for those people who really are hurting and don't have the things that all of us have. Um, It really takes some work sometimes to find those people if you don't come across them in your daily work. Um, they're invisible. They're on the fringes. Um, They don't enter in in the way the mainstream majority of people are living. Um, They maybe don't have everything that we have. They maybe don't um, have all their basic needs met. Those people are among us. And we talk about those things that should really make us uncomfortable with our current reality. Um, We have people who just have so very little. Mm. Um, If you don't come upon those people in your daily life, find them. Um, So that's one of the things we want to talk about, Uh, that global service, but then that larger missional clarity of how do the local piece fit with the larger piece throughout the world um, where we're doing both of those really well. Um, Our fourth area of vision then is families. We're all about families. That's part of our DNA. It's part of who we've been as Crossview forever, Um, and it's a, a little bit different than that piece in that. Um, A lot of our families and a lot of those sitting among us, uh, a lot of people we do come in contact, everything seems to be okay, um, but there's a sense of emptiness and a sense of loss um, or being lost that uh, people really are filled with. And it reminds me of the Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago. We saw the video clip when Mark was up here, and um, they don't quite know what it is they're missing. Um, but they know something isn't quite there. And in um, one of the uh, organizations I volunteer with, Young Life, I work with some teenage kids, and um, to hear them tell their stories and to talk a little bit about that sense of emptiness, and um, these are kids who appear to have it all together. Mm. They're beautiful children, outside, on the inside. They they succeed, they excel at different things, they've got places where they belong, they've got big safety nets underneath them Um, if they don't make good decisions. But the sense of emptiness and longing in their lives is very pronounced. And so it's that family piece that sort of goes along with those people who are maybe um, not so outwardly showing an emptiness, Mm -hmm. but there's an emptiness. And um, that makes us, should make us uncomfortable. And it's a place that we want to step right into and um, make some changes. Um, So, uh, as we think about those four areas, those are really places that we're um, excited to step into um, and places that we're going to be talking about in more detail um, in the short term and in the next couple of months um, as we continue our work there. If you pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for all that you have done for us and for all that you continue to do, for using us as your instrument and your voice and your hands and your feet in this world. Lord, help us to remember... um, that you have done things to help alleviate all of the suffering in the world and to bring people to you. You have put us here. Help us to seize, us, uh, seize that opportunity and to do your work and um, help us to continue to work in these areas of vision um, so that we can better fill your purpose and, and um, tell people about you and share you um, with those people who so desperately need to hear of you. Help us now, give us the energy to do that work, give us the enthusiasm we need Help us to see clarity around these areas as we continue to make some big decisions um, with the resources that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.